Today's episode is brought to you by Pale Horse Media Co. Head on over to www.palehorsemedia.co for more of your favorite shows, books, and merch. I have two brand new releases for you over at Pale Horse Media Co. The first one, In His Name, My First Dive Into Fiction. It is just a fun, cool thriller if you're into that kind of sort of thing. And and we have the second expanded edition of the original, of the OG Safety Sucks, the bullshit and the safety profession they don't tell you about. I go through, I expand on some thoughts, add some bonus material, reflect on some of the chapters. So if either of those sound like things you should be interested in, again head over to www.palehorsemedia.co CO or find them on your Amazon marketplace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support of the books of the podcast of the merch store of everything. It truly means the world to us. This, this, this show is brought to you by safety FM. The hop nerd podcast is brought to you by hop university. At Hop University, we cut the bullshit out of human and organizational performance training. We were born out of necessity. We hear it all the time. Human and organizational performance courses are expensive and hard to find. Safety classes put me to sleep. Help. So we did. We offer on-demand, high-quality online courses in human and organizational performance, safety, and leadership, all led by seasoned safety and hot practitioners. No need to schedule time for that conference. No need to track down the latest guru. And no stuffy classroom required. Join us today at hopuniversity.org. That's H-O-P university.org. Howdy, everybody. It is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Before we jump into this thing, make sure you head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at the Hop Nerd, except for Twitter, because it is super duper special and unique. It is the Hop Nerd one. Send me an email, sam at the hopnerd.com or the hopnerd at gmail.com. Make sure you jump in and check out our live shows that happen every Monday at 5.30 a.m., every Wednesday at 5 o'clock p.m., and every Friday at 8 p.m. Jump in, be a part of the conversation, shoot us a text message, get in the DMs, all that kind of sort of fun stuff. We love having this conversation with you. Now that I've got all of that stuff out of the way, let me tell you who we've got today. And I will tell you right now that it's going to be a two-parter because it was an awesome conversation and it went on for like two hours and you're going to get to hear about uh, maybe an hour and a half of all that. Maybe an hour. We'll see. We'll see what we scrub out. But it is the one, the only, the amazing, someone that I consider a friend and an amazing person in this space, Jason Maldonado. So Jason came on. We had an amazing conversation. This will be part one of that. You'll get part two coming up real soon. And I won't hold you up anymore. Here's you. Me and Jason Maldonado having a conversation about all things safety, hop, and everything else. So I am joined today by the one, the only, and the amazing Jason Maldonado. How are you doing, Jason? Man, I'm great. How are you? Dude, I am doing excellent. The last time I seen you, we were sitting on a park bench. We were. In Las Vegas, Nevada, outside of the Rio, looking over the beautiful smoke uh, I guess it was a smoking pit, right? The smoking pit. Yeah, it was the smoking, the smoking area <laughs> where all the safety people were hanging out. Uh, 
So what the heck has been going on in your life since then? Because we, we recorded a podcast oh. then with, with you and Jason Lucas, right? Yeah, we did. I mean, the world has changed in many ways <laughs> uh, since then. Uh, I, I left that trip and I went, uh, came home for a couple of days after that and I flew to Indianapolis to do a, a little project at, at BCSP, um, the next week. And then when I got home, everything exploded, uh, you know, so that was the, the first, what is it? First week of March. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the beginning of the safety justice league podcast. We released that on March 4th, uh, which you alluded to in the, in the recording that we did. Right. And so that was taken off at the same time, you know, doing all this other stuff that we got going on. Plus we all have day jobs. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. Uh, so we're, we're still trying to keep up our day jobs and, run a brand new podcast and then all of a sudden the world found out about uh, coronavirus and man it's just been a trip ever since then things just exploded right how are things uh how are things going for you in your neck of the woods with that is things pretty normal or are things pretty crazy uh they're they're interesting I will, I will say as much so for me it's been pretty normal i'm i'm in an industry that's considered essential so uh i haven't lost any any work at any work time um been actually been working more now that all this has been going on because we're trying to figure out how to you know how, how to manage the chaos and message things educate people uh correctly get them the the knowledge and info that they need to, to feel safe and fe- and be supported at work and um that's been a big challenge it's uh it's been a different side of safety than i think i've ever experienced before and uh, you know, I think it's all, we're all on a level playing field with this because, you know, nobody really knows what to do. Well, that's a lot of the conversation that I had with some of my peers. And as you mentioned, we all have day jobs. I do too. And, uh, that, you know, we were talking about was, you know, we're in uncharted territory, right? I mean, mm-hmm. unless, unless and I, I know a couple of really old safety, crusty, you know, really old, crusty mm-hmm. safety guys that might've been around in 1918. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know a couple, couple of those. There's a couple. Yeah. But most of us, this is this is for the vast majority of us. This is really uncharted territories, and that's really what I'm seeing is the same. You know, well, our, and, our and industry maybe, is the same. I mean, we're we're essential, and we're having to get out there and figure out how we adapt and how we how we work through this stuff. It's yeah. it's really a wild time. It's crazy, you know. And today was was no different. I I just messaged you a couple hours ago and said, hey, I think I'm going to be late. Uh, and I ended up it wasn't, but. You know, this morning I got called into a, a meeting talking about how are we going to implement uh, thermometer checks at the, or you know, employee screenings at the front gate, and uh, it's something that we hadn't done yet because we haven't. We've been very, very lucky, and I'm thankful that we haven't had any exposures in our right. our little neck of the woods. So, you know, we've been holding off on that just based on the, you know, what's the the risk reward there, and you know, the the right. chaos that that ensues when you start. Putting protocols like that in place is something that you really have to pay attention to. And, uh, so I spent the, uh, the bulk of the day making a, a video, uh, with the, the, the plant manager, the general manager there and, and, uh, just to educate people. And then I had to figure out how to broadcast it, uh, immediately, which is something that we typically don't do. We, we typically send it out and, and they watch it in a pre-shift or something like that. Um, so I had to go, I had to go. Uh, procure some TVs and some DVD players and we set them up in strategic locations and burn some old school DVDs and, and had them looping on the DVD. So it's it actually kind of a fun day. Man, you've had an intense day. It sounds like, holy cow. A, a very, very intense day. <laughs> well, it went from eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, well, actually, no, I, I, I take it back. I started out the morning teaching a class and then I got a text, be in my office at nine o'clock for a, an appointment. 
And so I texted my, my technician and said, Hey, I need you to take over this class for me. And, uh, she, she jumped right on it and I went up to the meeting and, you know, lo and behold, all that stuff blew up. And so from nine to 10, we had the, the planning session from 10 to 1045. I filmed the video and then from 11 to 12, I cut it. And then the rest of the day was, was getting it out and putting it in front of people. <laughs> it's amazing that we, what I've really seen is we've, we've seen, companies and safety folks and managers and leaders and all these folks really have to step into this space uh, and get innovative and adaptive and figure stuff out. And I, mm-hmm. I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of cool, right? I don't, I don't want people right. to get mad at me and no, throw rocks at me, but it's kind of cool to see us in this space where we're having, we're, we're, we're required to innovate again, you know, and we're, yeah. we're required to actually approach things a little differently than what we have in the past. Um, I think it's really interesting because we're we're kind of forced into all this adaptation stuff that we've been talking about for a really long time. Yeah. And this has been, this has been something that, you know, I I don't wish any of the bad upon anybody, but the opportunity to innovate and, and to actually have your ideas heard and, and people be willing to, fork out the credit card, you know, and, and let right. you spend some money on some, you know, I went out and bought a decent amount of video equipment. Cause I figured, you know, this is a skill I have. I can leverage this now in this time of social distancing and, and, and all these other things. It's, it's the opportunity that we need to, to move into that uh, new territory. And my fear, I hope that, that we don't go down this road, but my fear is there will be a lot of people calling for everything to go back to the way it was. Right. Well, I, I think it's something I, I've talked about this quite a bit during some of our live streams. Um, I think there is some silver lining there. I think we're starting to realize it's, it's waking up a lot of organizations, I think, to the fact that some of the rules that we have don't really help us very much. Oh, yeah. Um, you're, you're seeing that happen kind of out in the general world, right? I, I joke about it all the time that that Arizona, where I, where I reside, with all the restaurants moving to carry out only, obviously alcohol is a big part of a restaurant's you know <laughs> cash flow. They started making this thing to where you could get carry out margaritas, you could get carry yep. out beers, you could do all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, that should totally be a thing all the time. Right? Oh yeah, so we're, we're starting I, I to realize to, uh, the the stupidity of some of our, our, our laws and and rules in general society. And I think we're starting to see some of that in our organizations too. I'd had a long conversation. Uh, at my day job with having this, this exact talk was that we've got to realize that some of the stuff, some of the rules, some of the procedures that we use during kind of normal times actually harm us right now. They do. Um, we're seeing there's a lot of stuff that's harming us right now. So what, what are you seeing with that? Well, you know, I had, a, I had actually a long discussion about this on a, a Zoom call yesterday, you know, if, of all things that have popped up as the new norm, right? Um, we're the Zoom pros now. We were just the, talking about that the, before, right. the- <laughs> <laughs> before we started. Um, and, and we were talking about auditing and, you know, is it necessary? Is it, is it beneficial? And, and really somebody made the point that, you know, you, you spend all this time getting ready for an audit and that's good because it gets you in compliance. And then that kind of perked my ears up because I sat there going, well, wait a minute. If you spend all this time to get ready for the audit and, it wasn't important before the audit. Why should it ever be? Right. You know, like, and, and I think that's what we're, we're dealing with here. And, and that's what I was saying before. I, I hope that, I hope that we can keep the momentum once we're out of the, the dark times. I hope that we can keep the momentum going to where we really keep the innovation an option, you know, and, and, and a practice that we, that we sustain because man, if we keep going, if we go right back to, 
counting band-aids and, right. and first aids and all this other stuff that just does not matter. Um, what did we learn from it? You know, what did we right. gain from it? Right. And I, that's, that's exactly it. There's so much, so much interesting stuff happening right now. Uh, again, you hate to see it happen because of something like this, but it's really interesting to see it all kind of, we're, we're being forced into that place of having to adapt. And again, I, I think we're adapting always anyways, but we're really having to shine a spotlight on adapting right now. Um, one yeah. thing that I think is is really interesting, um, especially when it comes to a lot of the organizations now, is really that piece about the rules, though. I think we're starting to see that a lot of the stuff that we do during kind of normal day-to-day operations, when you get into the times that we're in now, they can really come back to bite us. Uh, I was having that conversation around uh, respiratory protection, just as an example, the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got people coming up to me. I, I'm not sure how other organizations do it. I'm sure most do it similar. We basically have on-site medical folks that come out and do, you know, uh, fit testing and screening right. and all that kind of stuff. And we're going, well, we're not going to bring them out right now. And people are going to be lapsed, right? You're still going to wear your respirator. <laughs> Right. Yeah, for <laughs> we're, sure. We're in the normal day, right? The, in, in our kind of normal everyday lives, we'd be going, "Hey, look, you're not qualified to wear your respirator anymore." We'll gladly take the non-compliance right now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, I, to keep you in your respiratory protection. Uh, so I think it's interesting to see where those things have come. You know, have kind of come to the surface to go, "Okay, well, is it really that vital? Is it really that useful to continue to push that after the fact too?" I think there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know. I think that there's still, you know, the power hasn't changed. The, the, uh, the authorities in place haven't changed. And I think you're going to see some people that, that at the end of this kind of shake out as, as heroes and you're going to see some that, that shake out as, as absolute losers, uh, for some of the things that they've, they've done or not done. Right. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope. I hope that the the momentum flows with the ones that did the right things, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's really where I'm just, I'm really stuck on that right now in, in this moment in time, because, uh, because like you said, it is such a huge opportunity. Um, but there, the, there's, there's still a lot of pushback. I'll say that much. Yeah, for sure. I, I still, I still face that. I think we all do. Um, you know, we, we still have those conversations of listen, um, I, I still have folks that I deal with on a pretty regular basis. I'm sure every safety professional does. They go, well, if it's not written down, I'm not doing it. Didn't, it. It, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, the exact conversation I had just the other day was, well, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory here without, without getting too far down the rabbit hole of me telling stories. Yeah. Cause then we'll be here all day with me telling stories. But basically we, we had, we had released a lot of pretty stern guidance saying that, you know, we didn't want folks carpooling together. A lot of our folks carpool, a lot of our contractors carpool, right? And we're going, if you're in a car locked together with four people, you're not socially distanced, right? So right, we, right. We asked them not to carpool and all that stuff. And basically the exact conversation I had with, with somebody was, well, if you don't have a rule in our handbook that says thou shalt not carpool, then we're going to do whatever we want. <laughs> well, all right. I guess. I guess. <laughs> give me, give me your rule book. I got a pen. Let me, let me scribble it in. Let me, let me go make a revision right now real quick and we'll, <laughs> we'll get that out to you. So you have it in writing, but yeah, I agree with you. I think there's, I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot of innovators kind of rise to the surface. Uh, and maybe some, uh, some folks sink to the bottom, <laughs> you know, that yeah. continue to kind of go with the old school or more, more uh, traditional safety approaches, probably. Um, yeah. just, one thing just I wanted, what, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, I mean, I was going to say from, from what I'm seeing, uh, you know, the heroes and zeros, uh, comparison with, with the people that are making good decisions. Uh, you know, if you, and I don't want to get too far, you know, like you said, down the rabbit hole, but if you look at, uh, my organization where, where I currently sit and then maybe some other locations, uh, man, we've, we've kept our cool. We've done a fairly decent job at, at communicating. Uh, you know, like I explained earlier, my running around and, and putting, uh, uh, a video together in a couple hours and then putting it on old school DVDs is not a typical safety task. Right. But, right. um, but people appreciate it. I mean, as soon as I pressed play on the first one, this little huddle of people showed up and of course they were all spread out six feet from each other, which was funny to watch. Uh, but they all, they all kind of as much as they could huddled up around the TV and, and started watching like, Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what, uh, you know, that's what the lines on the parking lot are for. And that's wow. what this is for. And, um, you know, you can see that, that appreciation and, uh, you know, contrast that with some other locations that are not doing some, some things like that or, or anything like that. And it's pandemonium, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I, one thing that I think, and I, I've asked a couple of folks that I've had on this question. Um, it seems like most organizations have kind of fell prey to this get as lean as possible thing. Mm-hmm. kind of pre-apocalypse, right? We're also focused on lean, like, you know, being a super efficient, hyper efficient, super lean. Uh, and we found ourselves in a really weird position now to where we've almost gotten so lean that we can't respond when things out of the normal happen. Oh, for I, sure. I, I know that's, that's what I've seen, you know, in, in, in organizations all over, uh, where we've, we've gotten so focused on being lean and efficient that we've lost our capacity to deal with the unexpected events. And just a really good example that I share is uh, like respirators. Mm-hmm. Right? I, 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 people that want to find out who I work for, they can easily find that out if they really want to. Um, but yeah, you know, most organizations, are, <laughs> most organizations, you know, we, we don't stockpile a ton of respiratory protection, right? We have just enough barely, on the shelf for what we, what we need it for, right? Based on our normal usage rates. Right. And then all of a sudden when we're in a situation where we go, Oh crap, <laughs> right? But it's, it's been all this effort to get lean and save money and be efficient. Um, what do you think the conversation is going to be like coming out of this thing? Because I know leading up to this prior to us kind of having this big, Oh crap, it's the apocalypse moment. Most yeah. of the discussion is how do we save money? How do we be more cost efficient? How do we, how do we be more lean? What do you think that conversation looks like, uh, looks like on the other side of this? Man, that, that's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, I think that, uh, that people are going to have to answer first. What do we do with all this extra crap that we've got? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that is going to be one big question because I can tell you I've ordered a bunch of crap. I can tell Oh, that. yeah. I, I, there, the number 78,000 popped up today and, and I'm not going to say what it was because it might create, uh, create some pandemonium, but there are 78,000 of something coming to my location, uh, soon. <laughs> yeah. I know the that, feeling. I'll just say that. I, I know, I know what you're going through. <laughs> yeah. Man, um, I, I think, and, and I'm, I'm really good friends with, uh, the guy that does continuous improvement at my location. He's a, you know, lean six sigma black belt. And, uh, this is actually something that we were probably going to discuss because I'm going to have him on my podcast, uh, here, here pretty soon. Um, but 
I think what, what businesses are going to have to start looking at is, is including all facets of business into uh, the lean idea, you know, and that, and that's going to include stockpiling things, you know, I, I don't think that it's going to be, which is, I think, a good argument for, you know, safety differently and, and safety too, or how, or hop or however you want to label it. Um, because it's, it's got to be a business proposition. There, there has to be contingency. Um, and there has to be, like you said, capacity to do these things. And we didn't have it before. You know, I think that people are going to be a little hesitant to, to let go of that, uh, feeling of, of, you know, having a, a security blanket. Yeah. And you see that manifesting, I believe, in healthcare quite a bit right now, too, right? Because they, they've been, they've been subjected to the same kind of lean models that most of our organizations have, mm-hmm. right? So we, we've, I guess the question is that, and I guess the question we're going to have to ask ourselves and we're, we're going to have to ask our organizations as we kind of grow or start to grow on the other side of this thing. Cause that's really, that's what I hope really this, the real silver right. lining of this whole thing is, is that, is that we grow. Learning. Right. We learn and we better, right? We get, we grow, we, we figure out how to deal with other stuff in the future a little bit easier. We don't have to learn the lesson as hard next time, I guess. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and and yeah. I think it's, it, it's going to take people like us reminding, because I, I think you're going to have to bring everybody back to center every, every now and then when they start going back to the old ways and say, Hey, yeah, wait a minute. Remember, right. We, we just learned this stuff. Right. And I, I think, uh, I think that's the question, right? We have to, we're going to probably have to ask at what point. It, does lean make us lose capacity? Yeah. Right? At, at, what, at what point do we get so lean that we lose the ability to respond to the unknown? Because we do as, as in organizations, we get very much in our little groove and mm-hmm. we kind of bump between those guardrails. We kind of know, well, this is about the worst thing that will happen on the right. And this is about the worst thing that will happen on the left. And then all of a sudden we get a, a, a meteor strike <laughs> Right yeah. on top of us like this. And we haven't really, uh, you know, we've, we've spent so many years trying to just whittle things back, whittle things back, whittle things back that that's it. Right. I think we have to ask that question. At what point do we lose the ability to, to respond to the unknown or the uncertain? Yeah. And I think, and I think I, that's where we're going to have to jump in and really probably drive some of that as, as safety professionals, as, as practitioners of hop or anything like that. We, we, we're in a pretty good position, I think, to yell, scream or shout that question. <laughs> oh, for sure. For, for sure. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to educating people on how to make better decisions and better choices, you yeah. know, with, uh, with what you've got. And, and I, I think that we'll have a lot of, um, case studies to point to on both sides of the aisle of going way too far and not going far enough. Right. right. So I, th- I think this, this is going to be something that, that we're going to learn from for, for decades. I, I um, totally agree. I totally, or at least fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> fingers I hope so. Basically. Well, that's, that's some of the conversation that, uh, that I've been having, um, at least again with, with my organization, I, I, I have to, again, people, they can find out if they really want to. They, I, I don't really hide it too much. Um, but a lot of, a lot of the conversation that we've had it because our organization is, I have to brag about them every chance I get. They're, they're just amazing. They've just done some really, really smart, amazing things and they've really shown how much they care about their employees and their community. So there's, if anybody from my, uh, from my day job is listening, I, I love my day job. <laughs> <laughs> but what's really cool. I love Sam's day job too. <laughs> we need to get you out here. That's what, that's what we really need. 
<laughs> but what, what I think is really cool is the conversation that we've been having is expanded beyond that. Okay. What, what happens when it's not this and it's something different? How do we respond? We, we really need to think about having the ability to respond. And then the conversation come up. Well, you know, if we do stockpile a lot of this crap or this crap or that crap, right? Well, at least we have it and we're in a position to where even if we don't need it, we could help the community. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a lot of the conversation that, that we'll see organizations start to have. Uh, even if, even if they do it, not only because it's the right thing to do, but helping the community has great optics oh, <laughs> right? sure. for, for certain organizations out there. I may have put that bug in my boss's ear just really, really strongly well, <laughs> about I, donating respirators and, and right. all those types of things. You know? I, th- I think it comes back to, to kind of what you're saying. Um, you made a really, really super valid point that we, we, kind of kind of skimmed over we can circle back to is that there it's there's still business right we still have to sell this stuff yeah right and a really good selling point for exactly what we were just talking about and and i get that we we get we get some safety practitioners especially that get kind of really zealous and we like to say we'll do it because it's the right thing to do but that's not a really valid business argument a lot mm-hmm. of times right so when we can say look not only can we benefit from it but we can we can benefit the communities around us we can benefit the local hospitals we can benefit the local fire departments if this excuse me when when this happens in the future or something right. similar when something like this happens in the future we have the ability to not only to take care of ourselves and take care of our employees better but we can also be the hero to the community and that's yeah, a pretty I mean, good selling argument <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, you want to talk about longevity in, in your community, um, in your location, uh, just, you, you don't want to be the company that, that everybody has to work for, but doesn't want to, right? Right. Right. And, and there's, it is, especially bigger organizations and whether it's a big organization in a big city or, or big organization in a small town, um, you know, the, like you said, the optics are, are huge. And if you have a good relationship with your community, you will probably have a good workforce and, a, you know, a more profit and better production because you have all of the best wanting to be there uh, versus if you're the place nobody wants to go. And, and you just, you know, if you, if you've got nothing better to do in life, then you go there. Um, that's, you know, that's not good for business either. Right. When it just it not only demonstrates that to the folks outside of your organization, but it seems like it would be a very big cultural impactor inside of your organization as well, right? To to be able to be part of an organization and be able to say, My company did that. That's really cool. Yeah. Rather than going, Oh, my company did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's back to uh, back to that pride, that ownership and pride, you know, for where you work. Um that seems like a really great way to build that or help to build it, that. It is so lacking today. I've, I've worked in a lot of places and I'm, I'm even in a, in a lot of industries. I think that's a blessing and a curse, but man, you know, the ones that, that you really feel proud, uh, to, to wear their polo shirt out in town or, uh, their, their baseball hat or whatever swag that they give you, uh, it's a really special feeling and it adds to that, that sense of fulfillment that you get. And that's something that I think we need. We, we have, that's something that I've always, kind of drove toward in, in my career. And I know the times that I don't feel fulfilled and I don't feel like I'm uh, part of an organization that, that cares about me, but that also cares about everything else. Right. Um, it's just a drag, you know, it's, it's not fun. It, it's so, that's such a huge thing, especially um, for safety professionals. I've shared it before. You know, I, I went through that, that phase in my career where um, 
I guess I got to the point where I was ready to quit, right? Oh yeah, I, I think we've all been find there. that sense of fulfillment. It seemed like the organizations that I worked for, um, they were decent companies, but they really just didn't seem to care that much for the employee, right? They didn't. You just didn't have any of that stuff that really keeps you there, right? Yeah. Um, I, I fault myself for some of that too, because some of the advice that I give to new safety folks or folks that are that are kind of in our field and moving around in our field, I, I, I shared with them this: is that the first rule of thumb is don't try to chase money over yeah. happiness. <laughs> Right. If you can get oh, yeah. both, it, if you can get both, you win the lottery, right? But as you know, most of us in our careers, we end up trying to trying to constantly inc- increase our pay rate, and we're not really focused on a lot of other stuff until all of a sudden you go, oh, "I hate this. I'm ready to quit. I'm burnt out." And it it took me a while to really learn that lesson outside in the parking lot, kicking rocks, debating on you know driving home and never coming back, <laughs> you know type yeah. of type of stuff. But those are huge things, and it seems like especially. Uh, especially for our kind of younger safety pros, those folks that are, uh, when I say younger, I don't mean the babies, but I mean, you know, probably us, right. you know, the folks younger, that are kind of in our age range where we're going, okay, like I, we jump around a lot. And I think it's because of that reason. I really oh, yeah. think it's, you know, you got to have a few key things. You got to, you got to have the opportunity for upward mobility. You got to have the, the stuff that there, that you have the opportunity to really, to really provide your two cents and really work on stuff and, and really, really, you know, have a meaningful relationship with your employer. Uh, and well, it seems and like a lot of employers lack that. That's why I've moved just about every time. Those were, you, you said it perfectly. Those were my two, uh, Motivations for moving was, yeah. am I going to get a title increase? And I really hate it here, so I want to go somewhere else. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, it just seems like employers are having to uh, having to kind of wake up to some of that, uh, especially as our generations kind of become the 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 main workforce. Right. There's 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 not too many of the. Uh, uh, I don't want to throw in the the boomer, please. Kind of, you know, well, no, we'll, we'll call them. We call them the olds. That's there you go, the, the olds. There's, the there's olds. not too many of the folks that will the olds that will settle into it into just a job and just do that job for 40 years. There's mm-hmm. just not many of those folks left in the workforce anymore because I, I know that's not the that's not the mentality of of folks in our age ranges. You know, no. we, we, we want a place that provides us with meaning. We want a place to where we can be a contributor to something that's kind of greater than ourselves. You know, we, we well, want something and where I think, we can have impact and change stuff. And Yeah. I, I think you got to consider too that the, 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 the paradigm that really supports that kind of loyalty, uh, that 40 year tenure kind of loyalty, it, it doesn't exist anymore. You know, you don't go to an organization and get, uh, the promise of a pension and a gold watch and, and all these, these cool things that were, you know, and I don't even know right. that they're necessarily valued anymore the way that they were, you know, back in the the fifties, sixties, and seventies, and and times like that. But it, that that structure just doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's part of, you know, what it, whether we know it or not, I think that's part of what we're searching for is something something bigger than and then a paycheck, right. you know, and and that's going to come in a different form, obviously, than a, than a pension or, or a gold watch nowadays. But mm-hmm. uh, there aren't many organizations that really have, have, have kind of opened their eyes to that and said, well, you know what? We don't do that anymore, but maybe we could do this. Right. Right. And I, I've seen, I've seen kind of more modern and forward thinking, uh, organizations really and really tone into this idea of just other kind of perks, I guess. I guess you mm-hmm. can call them perks. 
Um, but even down to around, you know, flexible work environments and different things that I see organizations doing, I'm going, wow, that's, that's pretty smart, you know, to, because it's really that if people, if you feel like your employer genuinely cares about you, you feel like your employer understands you and is flexible with you, you're going to put out more effort for that employer nine times out of 10, right? Oh, sure. That, that's that's we we kind of have the running joke around our offices. That is that you know none of us mind staying you know however long we need to stay because we we know that the company's got our back. You know we we know if we need to leave early on a Friday, nobody's going to ask any questions, right? It's, yeah. it's not it's not a big deal because they the company always wins ultimately, anyways. <laughs> yeah, and I will tell you, life uh, <laughs> life definitely got better in in areas where I was working for somebody that. Uh, that believed in that, you know, you got to warm your chair for eight hours type mm-hmm. mentality. And then you, you get somebody that replaces them that understands flexible work and, and, and even encourages it. And, right. you know, see, you know, and I think a lot of it is noticing too. I had a boss one time that he'd walk up if it was Friday afternoon at three o'clock and he'd walk into your office to go, why are you still here? Right. <laughs> you'd go home uh, because he, he just, he knew that, you know, he knew how much everybody was giving and, and that people were willing to, to give, uh, a lot. And, uh, and he, and he, he rewarded you, you know, the, justly, I guess. <laughs> so, so much of that, I think, is that, right? It's, it's kind of the, you obviously have the organizational aspect of that and kind of the organizational, the organization's underlying beliefs and assumptions that relate to that stuff. But so much of that has to do with the, the leader as well, right? I mean, I, I think that those situations to where I've worked for maybe a not so great organization overall, but I've had an amazing leader, right? And mm-hmm. the same thing where that, that leader would be like, it, it'd be like, even on Thursday, like, what are you doing? You get everything, you got everything done for the day that you need to. What are you working on? But why are you here? Go work from home. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> I can do that. All right. I'll see. All right. Don't have to ask me twice. So I wanted, uh, we, we kind of been going down the rabbit hole, it's kind of general culture stuff. But one thing I wanted to circle back to before we get too much farther, we talked about you guys starting the safety justice league podcast. So yes. let's, get, let's dive into that a little bit. First of all, um, for those folks that might have not, I don't know how they've missed you guys if they have, um, cause I, I've, I've had all of you on now, right? That's one really nice. cool thing. I've had all of you I, on. I'm the last one. Wow. No. So I, I had, I had, I had you and Jason Lucas on. So I counted you both as, as being on, but oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> I had, I think I had Abby on as the last one. And so you're on today. And then Jason Lucas is on towards the end of this week again, too. So oh, that's, nice, that's, nice. that's kind of cool. Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll say uh, that and then something will happen. Yeah. If, listen, don't believe if, anything they say about me. Oh. I don't commit yeah. to anything. So listen, if, if for some reason, if for some reason Jason is not on, the other Jason is not on, <laughs> my bad, I'm sorry, but he's supposed he's to be on. It. So we'll, we'll go with that. But so how did all that get started? Tell folks a little bit about what is the Safety Justice League and how did that happen? So at, at the core of it, and I think this is what really makes it work. Uh, yeah, for incredibly different people. Uh, from incredibly different backgrounds, but we're all safety people. So we get each other in that regard. And, uh, we, uh, in fact, the only one that I've to this day that I've met in person is Jason Lucas. Um, so we're, we're long distance friends and, and we've formed a, a really tight bond, uh, just talking safety stories. And that's really how it started. Um, Jason Lucas and I were connected on LinkedIn and we chatted back and forth several times. I think, uh, he was, he, he would read my blog posts and I would comment on his, his, uh, social media safety minute videos. And, and that was about the extent of it. And then one day he, he texted me or he, he messaged me on LinkedIn and he said, 
hey, give me your phone number. I, I got an idea. I want to run past you. So I shot him a phone number and he called me up that night and he said, hey, man, uh, nobody's collaborating in safety at all. Like we're all in it for ourselves. We're all trying to grow our own brand and which is true. It's very, very true. And uh, he goes, but man, you know, there's some people putting out some great content. What if we what if we did something together? You know, and he, he shot out a couple of names. I won't mention all of them because we, we went through this laundry list. Um, he, <laughs> he, he had, uh, he had already kind of met up with, with Abby at that point and they were talking about the same idea. And, um, so that was the, the connection there. And then Nate and I had been working together on uh, com videos. So I suggested Nate and that's how we initially formed, but it was not, it was not, nor did it ever, had it ever intended to be the safety justice league, right? It was just right. four, four people. And what, what we did literally is we started a, uh, a LinkedIn group chat and we would just, just joke around, send memes, have fun, talk about what we were frustrated with in our jobs. Uh, and again, I think that's what, what makes it work is because we became friends and then we, we all share a similar uh, or we are all at similar positions and, and points in our mm-hmm. career. So um, that's how it, it got started. We put it, we started putting out these little quick video clips of what we called ask a safety pro. And it was uh, at first it was just stuff that we thought was interesting to talk about. And then yeah. people started, people started getting engaged and, and started saying, well, what would you guys say about this? And what would you say about that? And it, it was never intended to be a, a thing where, we know all the answers here they are it was like well here's what we think what about you and then we wanted to start the the conversation online and and it really did drive some interesting interesting chats on linkedin um so that's where it started and then one one uh, one day that we posted a video somebody uh well actually it was Kyle Kruger who uh who does some amazing content on his own uh as well he posted a a comment on one of our videos that said, man, you guys are, you know, you're great individually. You all put great content out on your own, but together you're like the justice league of safety. <laughs> and, and I thought it was kind of funny. So I changed our group chat in LinkedIn to hashtag safety justice league, just <laughs> totally as a joke. Yeah. And, uh, and it stuck. And, you know, so we kind of grew the idea from there, you know, let's make it fun. Let's make it a little bit light, uh, a little bit irreverent at times and, and really dig into some of the, the stuff that, that people don't want to talk about. And, uh, so that we started with that and then we realized that, you know, growing that platform was giving us an incredible opportunity to, uh, to get stories out that, that uh, people that, that maybe didn't have that kind of voice or that kind of resource. Right. And so that's really where, where it's gone and what it's become. And the podcast is, is really about, uh, telling those stories. So we, you know, we get together and we, we BS and everything together, uh, the four of us, but then the bulk of the podcast is actually us going off one by one or, or two at a time or whatever and interviewing interesting people that, uh, that need, that need to be heard from. So that's super cool. And that's one thing that I, I like to, um, I, I make no bones about it. I consider myself a fan of the safety justice league. Oh, um, and, and the, the reason being is this, is that, I think in our space, you, you hit you hit all of, of what I'm going to say, but I, I just had to say it. In our space, people don't like to be irreverent. People mm-hmm. want to be boring and starchy and read to you regulations and pretend like that's enough. Right. So when you have something happen like you guys, it's so different and so awesome and not boring 
That's the yeah. key. It's not boring because, you know, so many of these kind of safety podcasts, safety this, safety blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> the D10 so, committee. Blah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so starchy and so boring. And people forget that if you want to give someone a really good message, it still has to be entertaining. Yeah. If you're not entertaining, people are like, all right, see you later. <laughs> right. So I, I, even for myself, that's one reason how, that's one reason why I find myself in this space is because I got so tired of just seeing boring crap around their profession. Right. And I, I pick on, I pick on, on folks all the time because of it. I pick on organizations, safety related organizations because of it. <laughs> You know, I, I got a funny, nameless, but. yeah, I gotta, I gotta know that I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, uh, but I, I gotta tell this story because I thought it, I think it's awesome and, and funny at the same time. I, I called up, um, an acquaintance of mine who's a, a speaker, you know, international speaker. And, and, uh, that's something that I've kind of aspired to in my life. That's actually what I went to school for. Hmm. Um, so I've always kind of thought, you know, it'd be really cool to do keynotes and stuff. And I, of course, I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so I, I set up a time to talk to this, uh, this internationally known speaker and he's a, he's a futurist and, uh, he goes, all right, so, so what do you want to talk about? I said, well, here's my thing. You know, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I do. This is, you know, I'm, I'm in safety. I've been doing it for a really long time. And, um, you know, I, I think that I, I could do some justice to telling, uh, telling good safety stories and making it entertaining and making it, you know, making it something that people want to listen to. And he goes, uh, I gotta be honest with you. That sounds boring as hell. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, well, thank you for your candor. Uh, <laughs> what? But, go ahead. <laughs> but it, I mean, he's right. Like who wants to sit and listen to safety jargon and and jibber jabber it's just it sucks i don't even want to listen to it and i do it all day well and that's that's so much of it is that folks try to um most of the safety podcasts right we'll we'll just pick on podcasts for right now um i'll I'll throw i'll throw in social media too let's just throw it all Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. Uh, most of it is always kind of going on this path of here's the rule and here's how you follow the rule and and that's pretty much all they say (laughs) Right. Let's just say, quote, safety professional. Uh, that's what a lot of them say is, well, here's here's just the rule and, and follow the rule. And here's how you follow the rule. And here's the interpretation of the rule. And they do that in podcast format, video format and written format. And that's what it is. There's no real thought. Then there's no real entertainment value in that. Right. And that's what I think is super valuable. Not only does the Safety Justice League provide awesome information, but you guys provide it in a really cool uh entertaining and informal way a lot of times, right? It's, it doesn't oh, feel sure. like this starchy, stuffy thing. It's, it's fun. It's entertaining and fun. And I think that's uh, a lot of the reason why you connect with me. That's why you connect with me. I'll put it that way. That's why I was like, okay, this is cool. This is different. I like this. This is, this is neat. Yeah. It's a lesson that I learned kind of, I would say a little bit the hard way, but it, I, I think I got there fast enough that it didn't really have any negative side effects. But mm-hmm. when I started my, my blog, you know, Relentless Safety and I started, I was, I was angry. I was mad about all the things that we do wrong. And not, I was in that one of those positions, like you talked about where you're kicking rocks and just want to give up. And I, I started out with these ranty, angry, um, 
really sarcastic. Uh, I'm still sarcastic, but you know, just really, really, I, I call them like stabby, stabby kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of messages. And you know, they got traction. Some of them got a lot of traction, but it created a lot of vitriol and, and polarization and people screaming on either side of the, the argument. And I'm like, you know, that's cool and all. And, and I, I can, I have a little bit of fun doing that, but where I really started seeing things go in a positive direction and, and really become fun for me was when I realized that, you know, I could write stuff that was funny and I could do videos that were funny that still had a, a good message. And even, even on really, really serious summer topics, you can still have fun. Um, and once I, I stuck with that and really honed into that model, what I realized was that I can joke and, and laugh and, and throw all kinds of rude humor and all kinds of stuff into my, my stories and my, my posts or my videos or podcasts or whatever. And then at the very end, you stick them with the message and it may be a message that they totally don't want to hear, but you're much more likely it's that, you know, flies with vinegar versus honey. And, but you're, you're going to get people that totally disagree with you, but they're not going to hate you. They're going to sit there and go, yeah, you know, okay, good article. It's funny. Disagree, but that's cool. And oh man, what did you think about that? Jason is just awesome, huh? Jason is so cool. I love talking to Jason. The last time that I had him on the podcast, as we had mentioned, it was uh, uh, Jason Maldonado and Jason Lucas were sitting around on a park bench at Safety Focus 2020, and I knew that I just had to have him back on just to continue to chat. So that was part one. Look for part two coming out real, real soon. Keep an eye out for that. I'm sure you will like it. I like it. I love it. I got to have more of it. So much that it turned into two parts, right? I think it's kind of cool. Make sure you head over to the website, www.the hopnerd.com. Do me a favor, check out Hop University, www.hopuniversity.org. We're offering all kinds of cool online and distance human and organization performance training and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So check that out for me. Again, do all that social media stuff. Click like, subscribe, whatever you got to do to show off some love. We always appreciate it. Until next time, it is Sam Goodwin, the Hop Nerd, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) 